Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special guest this week is a woman by the name of Renee Safraka, founder and CEO of Vivo Team Development in Vancouver, Canada. For over 30 years, Renee has worked with thousands of companies and executives throughout North America and Europe, helping them to connect, adopt new behaviors, and become confident members of highly functional teams. As founder and CEO, Renee oversees the company's full-spectrum learning experience and develops leaders and teams through live online training, coaching, and people analytics. Renee, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ian. Great to be with you. Great. I know you're busy winning awards and doing some fabulous things, so congratulations on on all of the the success. So thanks for taking the time to be on the the podcast and share some of your wisdom with our our listeners today. Uh, I've got a few questions I'd love to ask you and really curious what what your feedback and your answers are. So one of them is that you're a salesperson. What career story Mm. has surprised you the very most? Yeah, um, I, I, I've, yeah. Oh, I've got a few, but I've, I've got one. I think that it may be very relevant to your listeners right now, which has to do completely with where we are currently building relationships and doing sales in a hybrid, a blended, an online. Let's say a less go have lunch with your prospect or go take them for four hours on the golf course. Uh, period of time and it's one of my absolute favorite stories about um, surprising me the most so when COVID hit uh, we were really lucky Ian and the reason why we were lucky is that 12 years ago uh, in the research and study of Vivo team as my fifth entrepreneurial venture I uh, looked at what the workplace of 2020 would look like and we were really lucky because we made a bet And we made a bet based on the research that we found with regards to five generations sitting side by each in the workplace, technology coming into the world of work, that people would be completing projects mostly online. And that's how things, projects would get done. And so we built our whole system around that. So when COVID hit, we had had the liberty of eight years to figure out how to do our delivery of our products, our sales of our products, the operations, and everything with a virtual team across Canada, four-hour time zone, working together really highly effectively. We made a lot of mistakes, but we had eight years to figure it out. A lot of our competitors were just completely stumped, and their revenue had gone down to zero. 
because they didn't know how to deliver their learning and development products online. So a buyer from Europe came to me and said, Renee, everything that you're doing, please teach us how to do it. So we set a set aside a great time. We were springboarded working throughout um, Europe with this particular customer, teaching their facilitators, trainers, and coaches in online learning and development how to do leadership training and development with their customers throughout Europe, right? I'm in the learning and development section. So when I was having a conversation with a second buyer in that community, he said to me, you know what, we've got you in the leadership stream, but this is what I really want you to do. And I said, what? And he said, I want you to teach my salespeople how to sell online. And I said, why? Like, I didn't understand that. Like, why do you want me? And he said, Renee, look at it. You've just sold me a lot of work, and I've never met you. I've never sat and had coffee with you. I've never seen you face-to-face. I've only seen you virtually. He said, my salespeople are really stumped right now of how to build relationships, how to build their pipeline, and how to close deals online. So that's my most surprising career story that I think is relevant to your listeners. Truly amazing. And in fact, when it's the customer that says, can you help me with this based on what you've already done? You know, the light bulbs come on for them. And that, that's a fabulous story. Relationships in a blended format. Wow. How appropriate for today's world, the hybrid model, working from home, but still needing to build those trusted relationships. It's awesome that it took eight years of development. And, and as you said, we all make mistakes with the first iterations. I, I worked for Apple for many for many years, and you didn't really want to buy 1.0 of anything out there in the software world. You wanted for at least 2 or 3.0 because by then they had it right. So that, that's tremendous. Great story, Renee. How can sales teams, you know, specifically sales teams, and your, your, past, your last story spoke to it a bit, but how can sales teams benefit from Devo Teams methodology? Well, I think what sales teams are really great at most often, is the hard skills of sales. And by the way, Ian, I think my headset is giving me the notice that it might fail shortly. So if you hear my voice cut out, please please let me know. But I think sales teams are really good at the hard skills of how to work a sales lifestyle, life cycle and how to close a deal. Those are the hard and technical skills. But I think sometimes where they fall short and where they could win more deals is that they really became competent and motivated in what we call the soft skills or what are now known as the power skills, Um, power skills of communication. How do I really listen to my prospect and understand clearly what they're looking for so that I don't give them three things that they're not looking for? How do I assert my leadership with high-level emotional intelligence not to just bully somebody into a sale but to really... Um, have empathy for what their situation is on their on their side within the organization and how they need, might need time to activate their own leader assertiveness and social skills within their influencing camp to close the deal. How do I make sure that I'm navigating that soft skill of emotional intelligence? And how do I also have the ability to have structures in place where I am being tenacious and yet I'm... Um, you know, I'm working with timelines that are good for my prospect or good for my buyer. 
So structures, communication, and emotional intelligence are three power skills to have. In addition, we teach and train on interactive feedback, which is really the ability for me to solicit feedback from my buyer when they say something to me, perhaps at the end of a tour, they may, I often hear people say, oh, well, that was really great. I don't leave it done there. I want to solicit what was really great. I want to go deeper so that I have feedback on my next tour, what I need to do more of. These are often skills that salespeople leave behind. They don't go more deeply to learn from active feedback. So how do I receive feedback? How do I solicit feedback? Um, and then this whole idea of who's on my team. If I want to get a deeper wallet share within a prospect, within a sale, is there somebody on my team that's better at communicating or better at a subject matter expertise in a particular area that we could team together and together we could jointly do well on that deal? So at Vivo Team and our methodology, we focus on soft skill competence, motivation, and collaboration behaviors within sales teams or any sort of team. And we also focus in on how leaders are able to develop other leaders within their organization. With, within my sales team at Vivo Team, we identify sharp sales teams and we allow them to take the initiative, but we always have a subject matter expert that they can lean on. That's what I would say. I think I rambled a bit there, but what do you think of that, Ian? No, I, I think you're bang on. And, and you're right. There's the hard skills. There's the process. There's the, the behaviors, a methodology, a pipeline, tools that support it and move it. But those soft skills are what can differentiate people uh, in today's world. There's no doubt. So just to re recap, the, the five I picked up on were communication, EQ, which includes having empathy, structures and ensuring you've got some timelines built into those structures, the ability to, to have interactive feedback, solicit it, listen for it, and be able to do something with it. Uh, and then team talent and skills, like being able, selling is not uh, tennis or golf. It's a team sport. There's a lot of resources on a team and someone might be a little bit better prepared or, or tooled with something than someone else. So why not pass the puck? instead of trying to carry the whole the whole chore on your on your back. I love what you said with that, Renee. It truly did. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and and I think the big thing that I want to focus on there too is its behaviors. It's that my hard skill behaviors in the sales process and my soft skill behaviors. Because a lot of people get stuck into this whole idea of, oh, I'm an introvert, you know, I can't reach out for for example. Actually, no. If you just, if you don't put yourself in a box, but you think of what are the behaviors that I can do to navigate this, uh, whether it's a soft skill or a hard skill, and you put those behaviors together, you can get there. Absolutely. And, and so knowing what they are and having some training and development on it would even help the introvert better handle that situation that they may not just be naturally uh, prepared to have, but having the knowledge and the training We'll bring them there. So that's, that's so well said, Renee. I love what, I love what you said there. So you, you've got some great in, information, methodology, training, resources for the sales world out there. Uh, what do you think sales teams are currently missing out on? Yeah, again, if we look at where we are right now in this snapshot of the pandemic, I think what I have noticed is a lot of sales teams 
are missing out on embracing what I call a paradigm shift. I think that those sales teams who are embracing that we do business differently now, we have to have a blended or a work from home or a hybrid situation. We don't, we ebb and flow dependent on the, uh, the viral load in the world as to whether we can be close with people or not. When they are embracing the paradigm shift and learning how to build virtual relationships as part of their sales portfolio, they can really expand their sales efficiency. They can expand into new geographic regions that perhaps they hadn't thought of um, expanding into before because we can always, no matter where we are, get use a telephone or um, a virtual, you know, video meeting to develop a great relationship with someone over time. And we can do it really efficiently in a, in a day. When I've taught uh, salespeople how to do it, how to engage, how to disarm, what to look for in the behaviors of their prospects, how to unlock the tightness, um, there, there becomes an efficiency because instead of me driving around and doing four meetings a day or having two golf games in a day, I can have eight, ten meetings in a day and really start to build uh, velocity on my um, on my sales. You know, there's an interesting article that um, I utilized when I was teaching a, a cross Canada sales team last year. An interesting article came out from EY, and the statistics showed that with the pandemic, the mutual fund wholesalers of their products were actually having increased ability to get more information from their prospects and their clients because people were on camera. They weren't sitting in a restaurant where they felt like it was a little bit not private, like it wasn't a private space to really open up the kimono on their um, on their portfolio. But privacy of their home really easily. I think maybe my headset just went out on you there. I can still hear you. I can still hear you. Oh, you can. Okay. Um, so, you know, those are statistics that no matter what sales environment you're in, um, we can utilize because there are private conversations where we need to disarm someone to respect us to if we have that tenacity of not always selling but of nurturing the sale and people feel like they're in a private environment, they often will give us a hell of a lot more information than they would normally when you're meeting them in a boardroom and they're uncomfortable in their tie, they're uncomfortable in their, in their uh, business gear, but they're more comfortable in their home, in their living room with the dog at their feet kind of thing. So we have to think about how can we embrace the paradigm shift and widen our portfolio of access um, to efficiency, to geography, and to also just the whole life cycle idea. I, I love what you said, and, and I completely concur. I, I've got some research and some of the training I've done historically, Renee, that, that talks about where do salespeople spend their time. And when I found this research, and it was years ago, I, I was shocked at, at how what small percentage salespeople were spending either with customers or prospects. It was something like 20%. And a, right. a lot of the 80% was commuting. It was, you know, driving yeah. to sales calls, driving to, you know, to wherever they're going to meet the person, uh, internal challenges, and some of that stuff still there. But uh, you're right. The, the, this paradigm shift, this blended model, uh, 
of virtual relationship building, uh, you're going to have, and even, even when you're working in an office, the amount of dead time that, you know, the, the, the cooler talk, uh, you know, just talking to coworkers about not business. Um, when we're working from home, we're focused and it allows us to have higher efficiency and get rid of time zone issues as, as, as a problem as well. So I love what you're, what you're talking about with that. It's, it's, it's real fascinating. It is a different world, and those who adapt to it will will come out on top. There's no question about it. Um, so here's a question. Yeah, where and I, I, I like. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have, go ahead. I have one more thing I, I want to add to that because we missed out on this, and I think it's really important to say as well. I think that there are a lot of sales leaders that fail to take the pause point to actually train and develop their direct reports on being confident with a small, uh, sorry, a medium to a high level ask. So when I say small, what, what a salesperson should be doing at the end of every interaction is just getting a small yes. And if you can get a small yes, then you can move to the next, the next, the next. But I've found often that leaders and managers of sales teams are often failing to really do the role play, the development of the confidence and the competence of that soft skill behavior to listen effectively, to navigate, to do I have a yes, to checkpoint in, right? And I, I'm actually quite shocked that there are a lot of salespeople out there that they just haven't developed that skill and then they haven't looked for guidance. They haven't solicited or received feedback from their next level manager on how do you do that? Or I'd like to learn how to do that. What do I need to do? It's, it's quite fascinating. I find it, it is. I, I like what you're saying with that and, and you know, getting the, the first yes or, or small yeses. They're like first downs versus going for a hail Mary touchdown. Exactly. And it's, it's easy. It's easier to score from the red zone than on your own ten yard line. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of good psychology there. And you're right. The first level sales management that's typically where there's lots of holes in the game. You know they lack those mentor- mentorship skills. I'm I'm a huge believer in role playing, just like yourself, Renee. And I always tell the, yeah. the salespeople that's doing the role playing, this is going to be your toughest presentation yet because yeah. we're your peers. Uh, once you get out there in the territory or online with your, your next prospect or customer, you'll be all the better by the practice. The more practice you do, the better you get. So I, put a lot of, I do put a lot of stock in what it is you're, you're saying. So here's a question for you. Uh, you've been doing this for quite some time with great success, winning awards, you know, North America, Europe, fantastic success story. Has anyone in your travels ever said to you, my sales team is knocking it out of the park. So I don't think they'd be interested in training or development. We're as good as gold. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, you've, I'm amazed. You've heard it, yeah? I've heard that. And actually, Ian, I've heard that within the last three months. And it, it shocks me because I think to myself, okay, you might have a fantastic product and there's a fantastic external need for that product right now. Like, Let's take hand sanitizer when the pandemic broke out. Your sales teams are knocking it out of the park, but what is the factor that they're knocking it out of the park from? Is it because of the product? Is it because of the external influence? Is it because you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars in marketing? Does it really come down to the competence 
the motivation and the collaboration factors that your sales team has in both hard skills and soft skills. Because if you, they're knocking it out of the park, don't you as an organization want them to super knock it out of the park? And why wouldn't you yeah. take the opportunity to learn what is what could be possible and to have a conversation with them about the end goal? Each, like, how many salespeople are out there and they have some sort of possibly a blend between salary and performance. Every salesperson wants to be an a, a salesperson, don't they, to bring home more money at the end of the day. And if you could say to them, look, I'd like you to invest an hour of your time twice a month to go through this program for the next four months and the significant and direct impact to your own wallet and to the company's success could be even more. Would you be interested in doing that? I think pretty much everybody would say yes. But there are gatekeepers in organizations that just say, now, you know what, they're doing well. They're, they love being a part of this. They're making great revenue and great commission, or they're, sorry, income and commission. And now nah, we don't, you know, no, they don't, they don't need to learn anything more. I just find it so shallow. Absolutely. And I know exactly what you're talking about, about the sales manager gatekeeper. Because quite often, if someone comes in with new rocket science and sets the team on fire and they break new records, what did it say about them? They were not able to do that. So they are now intimidated by this new thing that, that, that's, you know, knocking it out further out of the park. And as you said, Renee, there's always more. There, there, you can cross-sell, upsell. There's other products. Some, some are seasonal. So why not continually looking? Uh, it's a journey. This type of success is never final. It's, it's a journey. It's ongoing. And no one should sit yeah. back and coast. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, and you know, one of the things that it, it is fascinating, and one of the things that one of the tools that we've done within the learning and development sector, and you've mentioned how we've won a, won a number of awards, and thank you for that because we did one five goals in the silver last week. We're so thrilled about it because it's a global award in our space. But one of the reasons why we're winning that award is because in our sector, generally there is not high quality people analytics and learning and development that can measure bottom line impact, which is what we do. And so what we've created is we've created a tool for people on our website where they can test out, just remove the product factor, remove the external factors that I mentioned, remove the hard skill factors. Look at how competent, motivated, and collaborative on the soft skills alone that your team, your sales team, how are they doing in those, just that contained area? How are they doing? And if they're not doing well, how much is it costing them? When we introduce them to, to that tool and they go, oh my God, I could actually do this program for my leaders or for my team members and increase our company results by just a small factor of 12%, this is what the return on our investment of time and money would be, then I start to have an interesting conversation. So just even learn from that as well for companies out there, perhaps your listeners, with regards to how are they utilizing the paradigm shift and creating some sort of small tool, some sort of small dashboard 
that could help their process on the return on investment on whatever they're selling, whether it's a product or a service offering as well. But anyway, Ian, above and beyond that, I invite any one of your listeners, if they are listening and they're thinking, well, wait a minute, I do have a great product, and wait a minute, it is a great time for our product, and yes, our sales team's knocking it out of the park. Why not take that little exploration, takes you four to five minutes, go to our website and, and get some information about where they might be weak and where they could be really strong as well. Renee, and I got a, here's an endorsement for you. I did that assessment this morning. And okay. looking at this, me having a small team, uh, you know, it, it locally here, uh, it said my cost of lost productivity is costing me $510,000. And if I only had a 12% increase, that would be a $94,000 gain. I'm talking about ROI beyond. This is a business case. So I would invite yeah. all of our listeners uh, to, 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 to take Renee up on her free offer to have a free assessment. It, it literally only took me three minutes. And I had an email yeah. with graphics and charts that told me it was a fantastic experience. I, I would. Uh, how would they get a hold of that uh, link, Renee? What's the best place for them to, to find that? Yeah, so, well, first of all, it's directly on our website, which is vivoteam.com, and it says on the upper right-hand corner, team assessment. You just, you're two clicks away, go to vivoteam.com and go to that assessment. In addition, there is a link, and I'm trying to get that, Ian, I think I uh, just need a second here. I've just misplaced it in a moment. Let me just go to my website and I can figure it out for you very quickly. Uh, listeners, I've yeah. got to tell you, was uh, it took three minutes and that is not an exaggeration. Yeah. yeah so they can go to the direct link, link which is train.vivoteam.com forward slash demo. And it'll say, take our free assessment. It is completely free. It is what we call a blood pressure reading. That's all. Mm. You know, mm. Ian, we all, go to the, we all go to the doctor and we go, okay, my blood pressure is high or my blood pressure is low. Then we know if we need to see a specialist. All we're saying to you is come and see how your blood pressure is. How's the soft skill, competence, motivation, and collaboration within your sales team? Or any other team for that matter, because we don't just work with sales teams. Right, right. Uh, Renee, I want to thank you very much on behalf of all of our listeners today for, for taking the time to, to share your wisdom and, and, and in fact, inspire us with, uh, with, with what we can do with our soft skill behaviors and make such a huge impact by doing. Thank you again, Renee. Thank you, Ian. This is fun, and I love telling the stories. And, and also, I want to make a difference out there in the world. I think all of our economies will be better if our Sales teams activate their leader assertiveness, be less nice, be more respected in their, in their game, and really have the energy and aliveness at the end of the day because they scored a great deal and they made somebody else's life better for scoring that deal. That's fantastic. Again, my, my guest has been Renee Safrata, CEO and founder of Vivo Team Development in Vancouver. Thanks again, Renee, and thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative 
if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons. More wins. With Ian Selby.